0: You are locked on Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Excuse my voice, dealing with some allergies. Loving this uh, cooler weather, but it is blown in something that doesn't agree with uh, with my sinuses. So fighting through that a little bit, but. Tomorrow is uh, the iron skill at SMU TCU. Wanted to start today's show by letting you hear an interview I did with ESPN Central Texas about the Frogs and their upcoming game. Here's that interview from earlier this week.
0: Let's talk some TCU. How big is this non-conference game besides the rivalry with SMU? How big is it to for the Frogs as they get ready for league play? Well, I think it's a big deal. It's actually it's been a little while since TCU started the season 3-0. and you know, a few years ago, they lost to SMU. And then last season, kind of wonky with COVID-19. you are starting the year against Iowa State, but they dropped their opener. They got off to a really poor start. And so as far as, you know, exceeding expectations, making your goals, I think getting to 3-0 and helps you a lot. Also, like this rivalry, to be honest, I think on the TCU fan side of things, it had been pretty dead simply because SMU had struggled and the Frogs kind of dominated them over the past decade or so. Uh, but them coming into Fort Worth a couple of years ago and winning that football game, there's been some trash talk this week. They've really been enjoying having the iron skillet for almost two full calendar years now. So I feel like there's a little more extra to this game than there normally would be, which is nice. SMU is a program on the rise. Sonny Dykes has done a nice job there. Um, so it should be a fun one as far as, you know, winning the rivalry game, not the big deal. But I think more importantly is TCU just having some confidence, feeling good, by wrapping up the non-conference slate with a victory and staying undefeated. That would be a nice boost going into the Texas game next week.
2: You know, Stephen, years ago, back in the old Eamon Carter, this was a huge game because it, I remember going to those games as, as a youngster, and it was the only time that the upper deck would have people in it when his SMU came to town. <laughs> Is it starting to lean back toward that? You mentioned because SMU's been doing some trash talking because they've had the iron School for a couple of years. But SMU has kind of got – this is the first time in a long time since the death penalty that they've kind of gotten back on track a little bit. I'm not saying they're back, but they're they're playing a lot better at a higher level. Can this grow into that rivalry that it used to be because of that? I think it could, and you're right, Ward. I mean, for for the longest time, especially since
0: C joined the Big 12, I feel like a lot of fans in Fort Worth kind of turned their attention – on the rivalry side, more to Baylor and Texas, uh, mm-hmm. as far as the two main teams they want to beat every year. But that's a new win, kind of, and infuse some juice into this game. They didn't get to play last year. There was some chirping about that. Uh, both schools seem to indicate that, you know, it was it was the other school that didn't want to end up getting the game going. Um, I remember Sonny Dykes put out a video last season, the week they were supposed to play, and the game got canceled because TCU had COVID issues. And he was cooking frog legs inside the iron skillet, which was pretty funny. Um, they've had some things to say this week, but the, the program there has done a really nice job. I, I mean, I think they've been trying to do this for a long time, but they finally are starting to, um, get that Dallas brand going where, you know, they're the school in the Metroplex, in that side of the Metroplex at least, that they want to keep kids home. They want to keep that talent there. Rashad Samples, the son of Reginald Samples at Duncanville, has done a really nice job on their staff. Um, So this should be a fun game. And I feel like it's good for both schools if that rivalry does kind of blossom and develop back into what it was, even if it's kind of frustrating for TCU because uh, for a while it was kind of an easy check-the-box type of win, and it hasn't been that as of late. With wins over Duquesne and Cal, do you kind of have a sense of where this team is or do you need to see a a bigger sample size when it comes to the Frogs? Well, I think you need to see a bigger sample size. Also, I just wonder, I mean, they're still not completely healthy and everybody's always banged up in football, but Kyrie Coleman, one of their best pass rushers, he's been out. Noah Daniels, uh, one of their better corners, he's been out. Their status is unclear for this week. Gary was pretty testy in the uh, Tuesday press conference when he was asked about it so he's not trying to give out any secrets. Um, but I feel like a big part of that is as far as, you know, what, what is this team, who are they, depends on do you get those guys back. If they do come back, what is their role? Are they 100% or better ready to go? Um, you know, Cal is not as good as I felt like they would be going into the season. They came into that game 0-1, and, and you know, they pushed TCU pretty well before losing. So uh, I don't really think we have a great read on it. I think, you know, one thing that Gary kept saying – leading up to those two games was, hey, we're, we're, we really feel like we're trying to get through these two games and then get the bye week and then, you know, a, a new season almost starts the rest of the way and hopefully we have some guys back. So um, I, I think the defense is young and learning. I feel like the offense has some playmakers and if they get the ball in the hands of Zach Evans or Quentin Johnston, then they're really dangerous. Uh, but we haven't seen them do that consistently yet. So it's hard to get a read on exactly who they are.
2: Steven, would it be fair to say, even with all that being said, that this is probably still a defensive-minded, monikered Gary Patterson football team from that side of the ball, and the defense is going to help the offense out with field position as much as they possibly can because that's just what Gary Patterson does? Or, Or is this offense starting to be able to stand on its own two legs?
0: Well, I still think they're a defensive first team. I mean, you said that's always what Gary wants to be identified as. Uh, I do feel like the offense is more potent than it's been in past years, and they're able to sustain drives better and put up points on the board um, at a better rate than they have lately. But, yeah, defense is what they hang their hat on. And uh, the last few seasons they've kind of started slow as well. So I expect that to change as the year goes on. But I I still believe that uh, Gary is, at his core, a defensive first coach, He's going to play things conservatively. He wants that unit, you know, deciding the game. And um, that's who they are. And I, I don't really see that changing as far as the identity in the career. Obviously, you got your eye on SMU and TCU. Is, is there another game in the league that, tell you that you're going to be keeping an eye on that you're like, hey, you know, if I wouldn't – if this wasn't my game, this would be my game. Man, there's some good ones. I mean, West Virginia coming off that win against Virginia Tech, going to OU and, and playing a Sooners team that's kind of limped through a non-conference schedule is super intriguing to me. Obviously, like Iowa State and Baylor, Baylor has looked great. It's been against competition that they should handle pretty easily. Um, they uh, get a victory against a ranked Iowa State team at home. You know, or Are they competitive in that game? I expect that one to be a close one. Um, and So those would be the two. I think Texas, Texas Tech is also intriguing just because I don't really – understand you know tech is they've won the sport international but that's another uh team that i don't really feel like has an identity yet so yeah there's a lot of intriguing games i feel like the first week of conference play is always super interesting because you sort of see uh you know things hit the bricks a little bit and you get a better read on everybody but if i had to narrow it down to one or
1: two it'd be o u west virginia and then baylor iowa state all right, there it is. Uh, hopping on my old station there, ESPN Central Texas, talking about the frogs. When we come back, we'll break down the game. We'll also have an update for you about CCU soccer as they started Big 12 play on Thursday night. That's coming up on Locked On Horn Frogs. Final segment of the day here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Steven Simcox here with you. Um, yeah, so tomorrow, TCU SMU football. I did want to mention, though, before we get into that, TCU soccer, they are 1-0 and in conference play after getting a one to nothing win, 1-0 to win. That's how you say it in soccer? Uh, victory over Kansas on Thursday night. Pretty back-and-forth game in the first half, and actually KU had a couple chances. Uh, Lauren Kellett made some great saves and goal, but they were attacking well, were able to get back in the box and make some things happen in the first half. However, in the second half, TCU was really in control. Um, they were in the they're you know they were in the attacking third most of the day in the second half. Messiah Bright scored a goal on a nice play, and they moved to 1-0 on the season. They only have that one loss on the year that loss to Pepperdine that came last week, and now they'll get ready to host Baylor on Sunday. Baylor defeated Oklahoma State 2-1 on Thursday, so they're also 1-0 in conference play as those two teams will face off. Uh, these two teams tied last year. And it was the only sort of blemish on TCU's record, if you want to call it that. I mean, it wasn't a loss. But it was the only game in the fall that they didn't win um, when they played down in Waco. So, hoping to avenge that. TCU soccer rolling pretty well. Nice bounce back after the loss to Pepperdine. And we'll see if they can keep that going next week. Okay, TCU SMU tomorrow. I'm feeling pretty good about this game. As I said earlier this week, Gary seems focused. He seems testy. I feel like he has something to prove. I hope that the team embraces that mentality as well. Like, hey, let's go make sure everybody knows that we are better than SMU, that this is not a rivalry that's going to blossom and be a back-and-forth affair year after year. Uh, Obviously, I have concerns about the secondary. I mean, it was atrocious a couple weeks ago. And we still don't know what the status of Noah Daniels is. I've had to bet. I'd say he probably doesn't play just because, I mean, we haven't heard anything to the contrary. So, CJ Caesar's starting, which the depth chart says he is. Um, we'll see. SMU is not a team. They've been this way in the past, but not this year, really. They're not a group that takes a lot of shots down the field. I mean, Tanner Mordecai has been more about quick passes getting the ball out, getting six, seven, eight yards a pop, trying to make play, letting their receivers try to make plays after the catch. They're not throwing it up and down the sidelines. That being said, though, I mean, we we really said the same thing about Cal. I mean, Cal was not taking a ton of shots against Nevada. They obviously felt like they had that opportunity against TCU. They decided to max protect, give uh, their QB a pocket to throw in, and then they were able to make plays in the passing game. So, I would imagine SMU's going to test Caesar if he's out there. And maybe Gary will make some adjustments, roll TJ Carter out there at that safety spot to give him some help. Um, it would also help if the safeties have a better idea of what they're doing. You know, that was something that Matt mentioned when we had him on Sunday. Uh, the, the safeties looked a little lost. And you would expect that first-year guys. We've been kind of spoiled the last few years with Merrig and, and Washington back there who knew exactly what they were doing at all times. That's not the case this season. So you got to clean up the passing game. Pass rush needs to get home more. SMU's got a pretty good offensive line, but um, you would think they're going to spread you out, so there should be some opportunities to be in one-on-one situations and get to the quarterback. But overall, this is a game that you, you should take care of business. I hope they do that. We'll talk about it regardless, though, on Monday. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.